Hello, everybody, and welcome back to SOS number whatever one this is. 33, I just told you. 33, there you go. Short-term memory loss, getting older. Speaking of which, um, lives. well, first of all, I should introduce our guest. Our guest today is Mr. Zach Tice. So uh, many things at once. Long-time listener, long-time friend. Uh, Zach is uh, coming on the show to give us some insight on a variety of topics today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. He's Glad our most loyal listener, and so we allowed him to be here today. We allowed him. Yep. <laughs> no, we've been wanting to have Zach on for a while. Zach is an encyclopedia of knowledge for a variety of topics, including, but not limited to, Michigan State football, Detroit Lions, Detroit Pistons, Red Wings, or not really? A little bit. A little not, bit of Red not Wings. Not as much. Definitely Detroit Tigers. Definitely the Detroit teams I cheer for. Sadly, they're, they're not very good right now. It's but rough. But that's okay. It it's is, rough being it, a Detroit fan. It's been rough for probably my whole life. Other yeah. out, Outside of like the Red Wings and the Pistons, the Lions just have been absolutely horrible. You look at other sports cities like... I don't know, like Tampa. Tampa's a prime example right now, right? The Lightning just won the Stanley Cup. The Rays are really good. The Bucks are like one of the Super Bowl favorites. They've got everybody's good. And then you look at like Cleveland or Detroit. But even the Browns are pretty good this year. So it's like, it's basically just Detroit. Detroit's pretty much the only professional sports city where everything is just hopeless at all times. I don't even know where Cleveland is. I don't know anything about sports. It's in Ohio or something. Nobody really okay. knows. But. But we did get Cade Cunningham. It's the first pick in the draft. Who I haven't, I don't watch NBA preseason basketball pretty much just out of principle. But from what I've heard, he's been doing very well. Yeah, he has been doing pretty well. Uh, he went one on one with the second round pick, Jalen Green, yeah. which he had a lot of very bad things to say about Detroit. After saying he wanted to go to Ooh. Detroit before the draft, he basically said that. If he went to Detroit after the draft, that he, it's basically like him living in a bubble. Like he mm. wouldn't want to go outside and how he loves Houston. And I loved how awesome like the Detroit fan base is because like the Tigers, even like the Tigers official Twitter even responded and absolutely roasted Jalen Green. So it, I love how great Detroit fan base is, even though our teams aren't that great right now. Well, that's for real, because I watched the the Malice in the Palace, I think, like, two days ago. Did you? I did, and I loved every second of it, but I... I, I told shocked. you I was going to watch that. It's like the last dance. Through, I love it. Okay, no, good. but I watched it, and it was crazy to watch that, because you just realize how loyal Detroit is and crazy. Well, here's my theory on that, as far as sports teams go. So you go to the big markets like L.A. or New York or even like a Miami, Chicago, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much going on outside of their sports teams, and they have so many sports teams. Like L.A. has two NFL teams, they have two NBA teams. Chicago has the Bears and the Cubs and the White Sox and the Bulls and the Black. Like there's so much going on, right? Yeah. And they're usually pretty solid. They usually have at least one or two teams that are doing pretty well. That you just don't really care that much when like somebody talks trash about one of the teams it just is what it is but when you suck then you got to have the clap back from the baseball team it just has to go that way oh god yeah like it's just that that's all you really have going for you yeah yeah also the malice palace in my opinion is a horrible <laughs> absolute horrible documentary it really is very, it is very slanted towards the pacers and made the pacers seem like they're going to be the next dynasty when yeah. that is in fact probably really not very true in my opinion it also only had like ben wallace on for like two or three minutes it never gave the pistons at least side of it and i understand it was very directed 
towards the Pacers, mm-hmm. but like in a documentary like that and how huge of an event that was back it's in its day. Like, I was actually talking with someone earlier, and he's like, that's one of those events, if you're a Detroit fan, that you remember exactly where you were at that time when that event happened. Mm-hmm. And having a documentary like that, that doesn't really teach you anything new from what I've heard about. I don't think it's a very yeah. good documentary. In my opinion, as a Pistons fan, as a Pacers fan, you're probably pretty thrilled with that documentary. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. So I think, obviously, yes, it is told from the Pacers' perspective. Speaking to the dynasty aspect of it, I do think it's debatable because you do look at the roster that they had. They had Ron Artest in his prime of being Ron Artest before he was Metal World Peace. You had Steven Jackson. You had Jermaine O'Neal, who was coming into his own as like a, a dominant center in the league. You had an aging Reggie Miller who was still Reggie Miller, though who was regarded at the time as probably the best long-distance shooter in the history of the game. Like You had these guys who were studs, and not only were they individually good, but they really gelled and they played really well together. Like You look at the end of the game when the fight starts, it's like they're up like 15 or 16 on the Pistons with a minute to go, who are the defending champs at the time without Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller's not even on the floor at the time. So I think that, in my opinion, again, Speaking my truth, I think that the Pacers really were in line to be, you know, one of the dynasties to contend with the, you know, I guess the only other real dynasty probably in that moment would have been maybe the Spurs or kind of the Shaq and Wade Heat, maybe really the only real big prominent teams of that moment. But I think you could definitely make that argument. Um, And I think the reason being why it was told from that perspective, other than it just being a choice that was made, is that the Pacers players were given significantly more severe penalties and suspensions than the Pistons were. Like, Ron Artest was done for the year. <laughs> like, he got out, like, like almost got kicked out of the NBA. And, I mean, right or wrong, but that, that is the case. I think Steven Jackson got 50 games. I think Jermaine O'Neal got 25. Like, it was all their core players in a year where they were going to make a run to a championship essentially just were done. So, I mean, like, imagine if it was, you know, the, the Lakers of right now and it was like Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis all got kicked out of the league for, like, half the season. It'd be like, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the reason why. I, I agree with what Zachy's saying, though. Like, I went in and, like, of course, I don't really know that much about sports or anything. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, a bunch of, like, I don't know. I went away with it and I was just like, hmm, angry people. Yeah. Why are they so mad? <laughs> why are they so mad, though? I don't get it. <laughs> what they do? Yeah, I, um... I don't know, but watching those documentaries, because I, I can kind of remember doing that, but it seems like not that long ago, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of was, time and ago. it makes me feel old. When, when was it? What year? 2005, I think. I was, was only five, three years old. Five or six. Yeah, somewhere in there. But I don't know, lately, just been feeling older, me personally, like 100%. Mm. Liv and I went to get ice cream on Saturday night, and you know, it's, it's in East Lansing, it's that tasty twist right by Bell's. And not a fan. I pull up. That's a different subject. Go on. Fair enough. Not, not a fan of bells. <laughs> no, you know I love bells. I, the tasty, tasty twist. twist. Like well, we'll move enough. on. So we, we pull up. You know, we're walking in to get the ice cream, and it's you know, it's it's coming up on welcome week. People are moving in. It's it, it's the college kids and stuff, and a lot of them you can tell are like freshmen and sophomores, 18, 19 years old, right? And These I look kids. at them as I'm walking in, and I'm like. Man, I'm old. Like, I just really? I feel it in my core that I'm just, like, this isn't my place. I shouldn't be here. That sort of thing. Getting ice cream? No, 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 no. The <laughs> ice cream is 100% me, more so than it should be. But I'm saying is just you look at them and they look so young 
and they're saying the cool words that I don't know what it means, stuff like that. Is that how you feel about me? Because I'm 19. Do no, you feel like I'm cooler? You give off old people vibes. I do. Like I'm a golden girl. You do. But so Liv moved into a new apartment and one of the, her roommate's friend was there as well. And she, I, I think is probably like 19 or 20, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And she, after the fact, told Liv that she thought I was 30. Speaking of which, I, <laughs> I, someone thought I was in high school. What? Really? Yeah. They thought I was really young. So. I don't get those vibes. I don't get 30 vibes and I don't get high school vibes. Yeah. I, yeah, you definitely don't seem like high school to me. You seem like being like, yeah, like 22, 23, somewhere in there. It seems about I, where you're at. Yeah, I think I would be like, probably like college, maybe end of college, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. I, I would peg you as being right where you're at. I don't think that you look super old or super young. I think you're like... You're right where you're meant to right be. Yeah. I don't think... You you don't really give me 30 vibes. I just think that you're probably mature. But am I? Because I think most guys your age are still just like... It's lit, fam. Dab. Dab. Lit. <laughs> bruh bruh yeah, i don't know no I, I don't know i just think you're probably like mature well thank you that's one of the nicer things that someone said to me in the last few days I appreciate yeah that. it's okay though what did you get for ice cream though that's the real question oh i got so i changed it up i'm almost always a flurry person but i actually got I hard know. dipped i got hard dipped and it was um it was called like cookie pie or something and it was uh oatmeal m&m cookies with um oreos was it cookie dough in there as well and like vanilla ice cream? Was what fantastic. was the first thing that you said? So oatmeal M&M cookies. Mm. Not oatmeal raisin, oatmeal okay. M&M. Okay, Because oatmeal cookies, not oatmeal raisin, but the actual cookie itself minus the raisins, I prefer over just the regular kind of Because healthy. It's oats, no, people. It's healthy. It's the texture. I agree with Okay. Cole. 100%. Like if you gave me mm. oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, I would take that over the standard chocolate chip cookie any day of the week. I, I see where you're coming from. I don't know if I agree, but I can see it. It's kind of like monster cookies. Like monster Which cookies. Are the monster? Like the ones where you cut them that's, off the roll. That's like M&M's them. and like chocolate chips, right? Yeah. Oh. Like yes. they kind of like the oats mm-hmm. thing. So I, mm-hmm. I 100% get So it's, it's like an oatmeal cookie, but with like M&M's and chocolate chips. It's really good. I've probably talked about this in the pod before because as we all know, I'm a glutton and I love talking about food. I think I know. But Austin Cook's mom. When we were kids, who's a guy I used to play basketball with when I was like, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade, somewhere in there, like travel basketball. She had a dessert company where she would make these homemade, beautiful, awesome, spectacular desserts, right? And so she would bring them to our games on the weekends when we go to tournaments. And she used to make this thing. There were two things. One, she would make those monster type cookies like you were talking about, where it was these... It, and it wasn't just chocolate chips. It was the cutout squares of chocolate chunks dug in there with the M&Ms and was mm. terrific. And then the second thing she would do is it was almost like a brownie that was a s'more. So it would be like a it would be almost like a blondie with a bunch of different like caramel and graham crackers and little baby marshmallows and stuff put in there with chocolate and it was crunchy and it was maybe the greatest dessert I've ever had in my entire life. And I think about that sometimes late at night. I'm like, sure I really you do. do. I really, really do. See, mm-hmm. that sounds amazing, mm-hmm. but sadly I can't have those anymore so it's kind of gluten kind of sad. gluten's the son of a gun it's that tough. is sad yeah i love that you probably ate that and then went and played six basketball games yeah okay one after each game too <laughs> yeah i really did carbo what is it? carbo loading oh, man, carbo loading. and i was thinking about that too because i've been you know on the health kick and i've been trying to eat right and been running and i've been really giving it my all right and i am to the age now where i can't eat anything before i go run or else i feel like i'm dying inside. oh yeah i feel that whether that mm-hmm. be celery or a pizza it doesn't matter it's it might as well be the same thing. it's gonna come up 
I'm not going to puke it up, but it's going to feel like a volcano is in my stomach. I, I can feel it in my stomach. Yeah. Like a, it's like sitting like a pit. And I used to, you know, when you're a kid, take a Capri Sun and a s'mores bar, suck it down. At 11 a.m.? At 11 a.m. <laughs> and then go play a full day of basketball and that's all you eat. And you're yeah. fine. Exactly. Or football. Like or football. football. Yeah. Football practice. That's crazy. When you brought up that dessert, I thought that you were going to bring up the things at MSU. Those, the... Cookies? Yeah. Some ice cream cookies. You sandwiches. probably talked about those so many mm. times on the pod. They're divine. Delicacy. Because when I was a kid and, you know, the, the kid ice cream treats on the ice cream trucks and in the, you know, the gas station where you pull the, the slide open, you <sighs> reach in there and find it. You got the push pops. You've got... SpongeBob. Um, the SpongeBob bar. You've got... What's another one? Right. I think here. The Just rocket popsicle pops. thing. Yeah. I was always Those. a drumstick. The drumsticks. So I was always one of two things. I was either the drumstick, but 99 times out of 100, I was grabbing for the ice cream cookie sandwich. Of, of and course. I felt like I was the only kid that would get them, and everybody else wanted the pretty car- like colors, and you get all the colors on your tongue and face, and it's like... Mm, did you feel sweet. less then, or did you feel better? I felt like... You kids are wrong. Oh, okay. This is the wrong like you get you got making. the vibe and they yes. didn't. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I can see that. I was that same way when we were like little. I was never like a fruity gal. Yeah. I always wanted the chocolate. I was like, don't mess around. Chocolate trumps sugary sweet like fruit flavor any day of the week. Any day. That's why M and M's are better than Skittles. Of course. What do you think, Zach? In football, I actually had skills before it. So before the mile, so mm-hmm. it actually helped mm-hmm. me. But if I have to pick Skittles over chocolate, I would probably pick chocolate majority of, of, course. The, of the time. Unless it's like a, like a football game. Like if it's like a football game, it's kind of easier to go with the Skittles, especially if it's hot and like you don't want it to like chocolate melt yeah. all over your, yeah. over your hand. So like, but if I go into like a store, like I'll get like Snickers or mm-hmm. ice cream Snickers oh, is, oh, way, yeah. is very underrated. Uh-huh. That people don't, and then Reese's also, um, ice cream. That's also another underrated dessert. Yeah. Well, I don't listen. I don't hate on Skittles. I can appreciate some Skittles. But what I'm saying is, is if I had a choice, it would be M and M's. But it was definitely true when we used to play football before the games. We would get a big bag of Skittles and we would just kind of pass them around. It was for whatever reason the thing that we did before. So I can appreciate so some many germs skittles before athletic events i can really relate to that pretty hard we were marshawn lynch before marshawn lynch was even a thing i think that actually they got the idea from marshawn lynch for being honest but i nonetheless what is that was, so marshawn lynch used to play running back for the seahawks he's beast mode that dude beast mode marshawn lynch never mind okay anyway he was an nfl running back and he would eat skittles on the sideline that was oh okay i got you and he got like a skittles commercial sponsorship and all that kind of stuff so so yeah, but anyway, I don't know. What are our topics? We had a we had a variety of things. We had we, a lot of stuff. We, we have the to most topics today. we've ever had. I know, coming in hot. Um, oh, I know what the first one is. The first one is the roller coaster stuff. Roller coaster yes. head. Roller coaster head. That's yeah. what it is in the is the, in the title. It is. So that's probably what this is going to be called. Roller coaster head. Roller coaster head. Roller coaster head. Burr, 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 burr. Okay, so two roller coaster stories, which I guess I've already briefly disclosed to you guys. You've to give you an idea. Me. Number one, Cedar Point. Now, before we get really into this, I want you all to know that these types of stories are all I think about when I ride roller coasters. In the moment, that's all I think about the whole time, Mm. right? So, moment number one, top thrill dragster, Cedar Point, Sandusky, Ohio. A bit of a local thing. If you're from Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, pretty much anywhere in the Midwest, right? 
Cedar Point is pretty much the pinnacle of amusement parks. Everybody knows it. It's the where you make the weekend trip to that once a summer when you're feeling spicy sort of thing. You got the money. You got Millennium Force. You've got Top Thrill Dragster. The Gatekeeper, the one by the front, is also a really good one. They've I've never been. A, a variety of very, very impressive, very, very good roller coasters. The most famous of all is the Top Thrill Dragster, which is like a 13-second ride or something that launches you at like 120 miles an hour. No thanks. That's the one that you're going to have like two-hour wait for. You're going to get sunburnt just waiting for that ride. And by the time you get there, it's 13 seconds of fun. And you get off and you go, was it worth it? No. That's what it is. Irritable. So, insert poor woman from small town USA waiting in line. I'm going to say um, Ohio. Let's go with Ohio. Probably. Her life's already hard enough. She lives in Ohio. It's hot. The homestay of Jake Paul. She's sunburnt. Her mother-in-law is probably mean to her. Uh, her kids are ungrateful. They're probably making a lot of noise. She's annoyed, right? They've got the SpongeBob bars. None of her kids got the ice cream cookie sandwich. Already mm-hmm. making the wrong choices in life. Mm-hmm. And then off goes the top thrill dragster, right? Takes off out of the shot. Part breaks off of it and smokes her. Just bonk down for the count. Now, there's no video of this. And for her sake, that's good. But also, I don't want to watch it. But if we had it, I would watch it, right? Because you have to. Something like that, yeah. you just have to see it with your Poor own eyes. Poor Sarah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Long and the short is just maybe you don't Did go she to die? Parks. I think she's alive. She's kicking it. She's fine. Ohio woman survives top thrill drags part hit in the head. How much money would you bet that her name is Sarah? I'd probably lay a four to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't would. know math. I don't know what that means. Okay. I was going to pretend for a minute and I was like, no, nah, yeah. I'll just say no, it. No, it's okay. Hey, and, you know what? Glad glad she's doing okay hopefully she recovers very scary incident yeah to her ungrateful kids i hope she returns home exactly well and beyond that obviously again yes you're right zach hopefully she's fine but what a hell of a story if you actually survive and you can walk and you're fine and life is back to normal you can say that i took a chunk of the top little dragster like to the head and can't she sue them for crazy money oh yeah okay yeah oh yeah yeah, at that, that point, it's worth it. Cedar Point. Hit me upside the head. Yes, that woman's going to have her own top thrill dragster <laughs> in her backyard. So good for her. Yeah. And then the second one, which I just saw on Yahoo while I was scrolling today, is there's this uh, roller coaster in Japan that they had to shut down because four people had either broken their back or necks while riding it. That's insane. Yeah. How do you, how do you even allow a roller coaster to go when you know that's a very possibility that's my question who's regulating this i don't think anyone is it weird that when i hear that i thought of that scene and what's that movie when he takes the spines as like a reward predator yeah i thought of predator of like i don't know like people in japan like taking the oh i thought you were talking about the who's regulating this i'm like that brought you to predator that's what i thought of when they're like they're breaking their necks and spines i just thought of like their spines getting ripped out of them yeah, no. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. But, again, we went to Cedar Point, or excuse me, not Cedar Point, Michigan's Adventure this summer, and all I'm going to say is this. I don't know if it's just, again, me being an old head mm-hmm. or me being soft or whatever it may be, but in my youth, I was never super into roller coasters, but I could definitely ride them for a good amount of time before I started to feel queasy and broken inside. I did two at Michigan's really? Adventure and thought I was going to die. I, I did four and I was really struggling. Yeah. 
I love roller coasters. Like, I haven't gone in many, many years, but, like, I love, like, the roller coasters that make you go, like, upside down. Oh, my turns, gosh. We can't. Twists. We can't. That, that was when I was much younger, but, like, talking about roller coasters just makes me so much more excited to go on a roller coaster because I haven't been one in years. Maybe once I go on one, and I, if I ever am allowed back, maybe my opinion <laughs> will be differently. Well, hey, listen, and obviously more power to I. I'm not going to hate on something you love, but for me, anytime I get off of a roller coaster, I usually feel like either I have four to five concussions or mm-hmm. I was in a car accident and have four it's to five concussions. It's just not fun to me. Like, what's that last one that we went on? The Shivering... Shivering Timbers. We went on that. I don't remember why. I'd been on that one other time in my life and I didn't remember it being that bad. I was like, it'll mm-hmm. be fine. Me neither. But, but we got on it and it was up and down so many times. I got to a point where Jude was next to me and I literally was like, should I cry right now? Because I will. I don't even care. I'll cry right now. I'm in so much pain. Well, so I, if I'm going to ride a roller coaster, I 100% prefer the just big hills up and down. I don't like twisting. I don't like being yeah. upside down. I don't like those. Well, things. that and it wouldn't end. Also didn't end. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is my favorite roller coaster I've ever ridden in my life is Millennium Force at Cedar Point. That is super smooth. It has a huge, big old like drop, right? Mm -hmm. It's fast and it's not rickety. That one, Shivering Timbers, it it was unbelievably painful. Yeah, it was. Took every everything. It was your. You could feel your skeleton wanting to leave your flesh. It was so gross. The one exception I do want to make though is wood roller coasters. I I used to. I used to love wood roller coasters, and then I went on one like uh, um. Sierra Point, and I went on one, and my lower back, like, yeah. hurt. Like, it was a problem for a uh-huh. few days. So now I really won't go on wood roller coasters. It's more like the smooth mm-hmm. metal roller coasters that I will go on. But whose idea was it to have wood roller coasters and to Bad. even go on it? I mean, obviously, you know, they're the old ones. But beyond that, I know exactly the roller coaster you're talking about. I can't think of the name of it, but I've been on that one at Cedar Point. I think it's, like, the only wooden roller coaster that they have left but every single time i'm on a wooden roller coaster especially as you're climbing the biggest hill that they have you're like the lumber that is supporting this (laughs) is older than my great-grandparents yeah and that's a problem that just shouldn't be the case anymore and you just know that eventually one of those things is going to splinter and split and everybody dead and so you're thinking the whole time is it me am i the final destination person that's going to get a six by six of timber shoved through my chest. Probably. You never know. Probably. See, you hope that's where the regulation comes in. Unlike in Japan, mm-hmm. you hope that's where like they will actually Japanese. close it before it happens. But we've Apparently seen not. like incidents like in multiple amusement parks where people have gotten hurt pretty badly, even though they have shown no signs of wear and tear on the roller coaster. That's crazy. Yeah. I just, I think, like, right before you go down the big hill, like, when you're at the top of the roller coaster, mm-hmm. my thought is, why does anyone find joy in this? I find no joy. That's me at Scary Movies or Haunted Houses. Oh, Scary Movies, same. 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 Both of those things, I just think, like, why do people enjoy this? Why does the thing? Why Why am I here? Because, you know what? You always go to those things to make other people happy. Mm-hmm. Because if it was me, I would never do any of those things out of my own free will. Don't be the friend that suggests that as an activity. If you yeah. are that friend, you're a bad person. Yeah. Just don't. 
So in sixth grade, um, at my elementary school, they had an idea of ha- having like a scary um thing just for Haunted fun. School. Yeah, and it was horrible. Like, mm. it, like it wasn't. It was just like jump scares. But mm. at that time, I, like, I still can't stand no any of that hours. stuff. And yeah. it was horrible. But like, that's horrible to do to a kid your age because it's like you have to be brave and like mm-hmm. pretend that you're not even scared, but like you're like secretly mm-hmm. peeing your pants. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a kid in the middle. Like I'm, oh. al- I'm always a kid in the middle, which is a problem because then they can tell I'm scared and then they target me oh. specifically. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I remember speaking of childhood scary memories. So we went to that Eagle Village camp when we were in fifth grade. Like the Gateway Kids went to Eagle Village, which was yeah. essentially like a fifth grade team building activities type of thing. What? Extravaganza. It was an extravaganza. <laughs> That's what it is, right? Now, one of the team building activities, which in Heinz, one of the team building activities Same. was they would walk your class into the woods and it's it's in the wilderness it's in a very secluded place there's no light pollution it's just dark right it, it's it's so much in the wilderness that there just is no natural light outside of stars and the moon so it's it's a, oh this was an overnight extravaganza yeah, yeah you had like say in okay. a cabin it's a whole thing so you go out there and again i feel like a lot of people haven't experienced true darkness before but w- like true darkness is just oh, you yeah. can't see your hand in front of your face it's which dark. is a whole thing right so it wasn't quite on that level, but it was very dark. And the team building exercise was that you needed to find a partner and you were going to walk down this trail in the darkness, which was lined with parent chaperones anyway, for like, <laughs> for like 40 yards until you got to the end. And I don't really know what was meant to be taught there. I don't know if it was meant to like overcome fears or something, but that was what they came up with for you to conquer your fears by walking on a parent lined trail for 40 yards until Who's you get your to partner? the end. They made me go with two girls. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. And I was more scared than they were. But you tried to hide it. I wanted two strapping young men to guide <laughs> me through the forest. And I had to be that strapping young lad. That's so horrible. I'm glad they stopped doing that by the time I got to fifth grade. Mm. See, I didn't even get Eagle Village. I got. I, I don't even know where I went. But Did I you guys? Cause you, well, you went to St. Joe. Did you guys have like a, like a camp sort of thing? Yeah, there? so we went... Um, I forgot where it was called, but it was in sixth grade... It was, it's kind of like the same thing, yeah. but um, wherever we went, there was like, it was actually a lot of fun because we played like dodgeball, and then there's like a hi- high rope co- course and a low rope course. We had to do rock walls too, which I hate heights and I hate rock walls. So this hate day everything. I will not do rock walls. No. Same. I do. I do not like heights. But one thing I will always remember: there's a pool there, and um, one of the kids he had the brilliant idea to do um a belly smack. <sighs> And he did probably the best belly smack I've ever done in my life. Ooh. And he was, he got out of the pool and literally laid on the side of the pool, not joking you, for probably 15 minutes, <laughs> just laying there, <laughs> belly red as it can get. There was a little bit of like nervous feeling because like, is he okay? No one would check. <laughs> no, no one would check him because we had like He's no adults. He's good. Yeah, so that's it turns so out funny. he he was okay, but that's probably the best like belly smack. Like I I'm not joking you, it was as flat as it can go, <laughs> as it hit the water. He was he did ninety. Not, he, <laughs> he did not budge. Like you know how usually like uh-huh. when you belly smack like late like people yeah usually, late you like, kind of flinch. No, no, 
It was just all out. It was impressive. Ooh. 10 out of 10 for form. I, it was. You talking about the ropes course and the rock wall brought back my memory of how much I hate rock walls. For whatever reason, several times in my life at, I don't know, events where there were rock walls present, it would always be myself and Caden, my older brother. And Caden was always the fearless kid that would just be like, I'll just go do anything. And so Which is my dad and other people that were there would be like, you should do that with your brother. You should like, you guys can do it together kind of thing. And Bonding. rock walls was definitely the thing that I couldn't do. And for me, most of the time, I would be good for about halfway up said rock wall. And then I would do the thing that everyone does that you're not supposed to do, where you look between your legs and you go, oh, my dad looks really small. <laughs> and then you realize that you're going to die. Now, Is obviously, this in dicks? So, getting there. Getting, they're, wait, they're, or Gator Mountain. No, 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 no. no. So Is that on. how you say that? Gander Mountain? Gander Mountain. Did you say Gator Mountain? Yeah. Gator. Gator, G-A-T-O-R. Or okay, go on, go on. I'm sorry. I Who always, knows? I try to think about your stories and know what you're going to say before you say them. That's okay. So there's two specific memories I have in mind, right? Number one, oh, actually, excuse me, three. There's the Eagle Village rock wall because they had one of those and they wanted you to climb all the way up, touch the top and then do the rappel down. And then the second one is they wanted somebody to do it blindfolded, <laughs> right? And then have the other person with them guide them and tell them where to put their hands and climb. No, thank you. Yeah, all set. Even now, all set. Who Whose smart idea is that? That's a horrible that's, idea. Yeah, that's who's surreal. in charge of activities for you guys? Probably a disgruntled employee that's like, this is going to be funny. <laughs> that's probably why they got closed. I yeah, would do probably. the same thing, honestly. But And then the second one was at the Lansing Gun and Knife Show at the Lansing Center. Mm. And for whatever reason, at the Gun and Knife Show, they had a rock wall for kids. So that one I almost got done and then looked down and freaked out and then had to rappel back down. And there's nothing worse than being up on the wall and you know you can feel the eyes of every person there looking at you. And your dad's being like, just keep going. (laughs) You're almost there. No, your left hand. Up. Up. Left. You can make it. You just have to trust yourself. That's the worst thing ever. Yeah. Maybe maybe I've never been under that much pressure again in my life. The third time is what you referenced. Dick Sporting Goods at the Meridian Dicks. Mall in Alchemis, right? That one is in the middle of the store and maybe the tallest rock wall that I've ever seen in real life it's before. It's huge. It is substantial. Mm-hmm. Now, that one I had to you know do because I think that one, one of the grandparents encouraged me to do it. Mm-hmm. Again, with Caden, who I'm sure Caden probably went all the way up and did fine. That one has not only do you go straight up, but it has a giant like lip out and back over to get back up on that one. And I think I made it to that and then realized I wasn't going to be able to... Who's the, Was it Alex Honnold? Is that the guy from what? The Mountain Climber? Oh, I don't know. What was the name of that documentary where he, he free climbs? Oh. It free Solo. That guy. That Definitely stuff not that irritates guy. me. I don't know why. Definitely not able to do that. And again, it's just the panic and the sheer fear and the social anxiety of being up on the rock wall all tied into one might as well be my hell. I'm scared of heights. I could not do that. Oh, I'm 100% scared of heights. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it I, so much. I think we're all three scared of heights. Yeah, this I is the anti-rock wall the group. The lamest right people ever who never want to do anything except sit at home and watch Netflix. And record podcasts. And record podcasts. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's yeah. why we're here, though. And that's why we're here. That's why and we're this. here. Um, I wanted to tell you too, I'm remembering this, my spider story. So you have some yeah. spider stories too, but there's one in particular. So last weekend or the weekend before I'm getting home from a friend's house and it's late and I'm tired and I, you know, park in the driveway, I'm walking up and I see on the side of the house because mm. you know, there's the, 
whatever it is the the light by the door that you know whatever attracts and insects. i see these eight legs casting a shadow on the side of the house right oh my gosh and i'm like man that looks huge but i'm sure it's just the shadow casting it and it makes it appear like the spider is bigger than it actually is so i walk up to the door and i'm kind of looking at it more and then i change my angle and i get over and there is a spider whose body is the size of this pop socket right okay in fairness that's not that bad okay but what i need you to understand is this thing is the size of a united states half dollar with its body and then its legs are like snow crab legs right on the side of the house and i just said to myself in that moment i took a deep breath and i just said not tonight and i walked inside and i left it be great so those are gonna nest in our cars now yeah there's a good chance. They're like the alien spiders from Lost in Space with Matt LeBlanc. Probably. Which you don't know what that is, I don't think. I don't. Do I was just going to go with it. Look it up. Well, I was going to tell my are. spider story. My spider story was that yesterday I was cleaning the basement because I have an OCD thing that manifests into cleaning things. And I was vacuuming your room because I'm a nice sister. Mm-hmm. And I came in here. Are you and a I... nice sister or do you have mental health issues? That's a subject for another day. Okay. Um, and there was a spider that scurried across your floor mm. and I was just about to like get out get the, like the vacuum attachment, and, like get it, the wand, if yes. you will. And then it scurried away and I thought, I'm so it's gonna... under there somewhere. No, it's in your closet actually. Mm. And I thought I'm going to leave it for him as a present. He fine. He fine. He fine. Speaking of random stories, it's not a spider, but so when I was in Florida, uh, I was actually supposed to wake up early for a workout with my swim and dive team and i look on the floor right where my towel is which is kind of where i do next thing you know i find about a foot long black rattlesnake (gasps) in my room and it just uh, and what'd you do it was right where i was about to step oh is this in a hotel room this was where we stayed we had like a house that we rented and it was like a little like the house was it was like a big part and like an a little like private um like room that yeah. like it's all by yourself and has like a bathroom and stuff like that and that's where I, I was lucky enough to stay but uh yeah so what happened was i basically just slowly walk out of the room walk into the kitchen and i'm like mom dad there's a snake in my room and they you should have seen their face and they're oh like what gosh. kind of what kind of snake i'm like it's black so then what we did was like they had like something in the garage so then mm-hmm. we just picked it up walked outside put it on the grass never saw a snake ever again was it like the senior citizen pincher thing was it one of those it, it was kind, like the claw it was kind the of claw. one of it was like a combination of those and like the shears oh. that you do um you guys were nicer to the rattlesnake than i was, I was gonna that say would i would have just flung that thing <laughs> so we weren't exactly sure what it was but then we looked up later and it was like a black rattlesnake which they were very they're actually very harmless so yeah but it was definitely Harmless or not that's it was definitely interesting yeah. we also found geckos in the house which mm. weren't as weren't as bad yeah but like you don't really expect to wake up in the morning and see a snake on your ground it's america's australia it basically yeah. is honestly there's I, so many interesting things well i've always found it so funny that you and Caden are like terrified of spiders mm-hmm. And I'm not. They don't bother me at all. They bother me less today. Like, if I saw one in my bed or in my room, I 100% got to kill it. But like, yeah. yeah. The grossest thing ever that I've ever experienced in my life is one time I went to, like, pull back, like, my blanket. Mm-hmm. Giant for... spider? No. 
worse. I pulled back my blanket and there was a centipede in my bed. And sometimes I've only seen maybe three in the basement, but are they, they the exist sometimes. ones that are sometimes. like snakes and they have like a million they're legs like, in the They're center. like, yeah, that's a centipede. There was one in the bathroom like a month ago I killed. Why would why would you tell me that? I just, I didn't even know what it was. It looked like an alien bug and I killed it. Well, that it's because like when you leave like towels on the ground and stuff, that's why you can't leave them because they like the moisture. The moisture. The moisture. They like the dampness of the towels. <laughs> <laughs> Spiders don't really freak me out, but centipedes are another level. I don't want that. Pretty much anything above four legs, not a huge fan of, you know? Yeah. I think it's the legs that do it for me. For sure. So, like, if you're um, a disabled child with more yeah. than four legs, don't come near Cole. Just leave me alone. Just leave him alone. How he doesn't need to deal with that. you stay in your area, I'll stay in mine. How yeah. about that? Yep. Not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. I'm trying to think of what else we had. I'm trying to trying to remember our topics here topic lady give me we had so many i know we had a, we had like a million topics we had like 12 um, i think and we've covered maybe yeah like two two yeah, so like far two. you guys were going to talk about maybe some golfing stories i want you guys if you want to talk about your sports get your sports oh, in 100 percent. okay we can definitely talk about golf well golf or with <laughs> golf is my zach partner zach's my golf partner in this world and uh he and i have had many many an adventure um it usually involves me uh, hitting balls into various areas that I'm not supposed to be in. Um, us playing scrambles and just playing Zach's ball pretty much the whole day. Is he your badger? He's Will Smith and Bagger Vance, and I'm the mayor that's fat that's upset <laughs> about everything. That's what You're not is. Matt Damon? No. Okay. No, no, he's Will Smith and Matt Damon. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Zach has always been uh, kind enough to invite me to go golfing, regardless of how poorly I play and uh, how many golfing etiquettes I unknowingly break at all times. Um, and that for that, I'm very appreciative. Yeah, we have quite a few um, very interesting stories. One of them, one of the first ones was probably the time I hit, hit a house, you which was... House. On a country club golf course. Yeah, so the people are not house. very understanding. Yeah, so oh, no. basically what happened was I absolutely sliced the ball and You did crush it though. It did go a lot it did go pretty far and I was pretty impressed mm-hmm. with that. But I started getting nervous the more it started to go <laughs> and I'm like we were just sitting there just waiting. Waiting mm-hmm. to hear a noise. Uh, a noise. We're waiting to hear the glass break. Uh-huh. Next thing you know we hear a we don't hear a crash, we hear a bang. Which mm-hmm. means it hit it hit the house but didn't hit the window. So then we're like we're just not even going to find the ball. We're just going to go. We're just going to drop one in the fairway, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what we did. And no one really knew that anything happened. Really Good. Know. That's all that matters. That's really I think if you're on a golf course, you got to know that's going to happen sometimes. You have to. You'd think yeah. you would, but I don't just know. Just get window insurance. Window yep. insurance. I think that's just homeowners, homeowners insurance. Homeowners insurance. Whatever. Do you think that they just have insurance can we, specifically for the house? Can windows? we say the thing about the Oreo? <laughs> Oreo. Oh yeah. Oreo. Okay. Well, this even ties in because you had a golf story about getting hit by a bird. Is that what you said? Okay. Oh yeah. So back in high school, I I'll, this was still when I had a bad slice. I would, so I aimed left, and this time I actually hit it sh- straight, and I hit it right through the tree. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, an uh, Oreo uh, fell from the tree, and it turns out I basically killed it. And oh. what was even worse was there was a worker there working on the like working on the flowers and stuff like that. So she was really sad, and I was really sad. And oh. then she just basically moved it into the like 
flowers and stuff like that. So I'm not exactly sure. Ah, uh, yes, ma'am. Move this dead bird. <laughs> that's, that's... Uh, hello. <laughs> no, so, uh, felonious. Yeah. So she volunteered to do that. So I'm not exactly sure if it died, but pretty sure it died if I hit it with a golf ball. But yeah, for that, next week I got basically almost hit by a golf ball twice. Like, I'm talk- talking like inches away Karma. from it hitting me. And I'm, Which I'm like pretty sure the bird was coming back at me. Return of the bird. Now, was it an Oriole that you killed, or was it an Oreo? What kind of bird was it? It was an Oriole. It was not an Oreo. Okay, well, and so before, as we were discussing the, the topics for today, Zach mentioned this story about an Oriole, and Grace <laughs> proceeded to say, man, an Oreo does sound really good right now. I was so serious. I didn't know what, really what he was talking about. You literally about. didn't flinch. No. <laughs> Nothing happened. You should you, you should have seen Close and I's face when we saw it. Yeah. Was a quick, I know. It was a quick little turn. The and you're like, did you really Oreos. Well, in any situation in life when I don't really know what someone said, I'm never going to stop them and be like, what would you say? I'm just going to keep rolling. Yeah. No, no, I understand that. And the last golf story is the one on hole eight from you. Yeah, which that one's me, 100%. Yeah, hole eight, which is right by the main drag of the country club that we play at. And um, by, by right by, I mean there's a whole other fairway to the right, but close enough. And I think I was using an iron, and I sliced it so hard that I hit it across the other fairway and onto the road. And then proceeded to run... <laughs> Why wouldn't you just let it go? In hand, because I have, I lose probably six to eight golf balls per nine holes we play, so I need to to get the ones that I that I can find, and I saw where that one. We on a budget? Not even necessarily. (laughs) I just like would prefer to not buy more golf balls than I need to. So I think I took like my six iron and I sprinted from the fairway we were on across the other fairway and then plucked it out of the street. A midday jog, and. The only thing I can say is, Lansing Country Club, you're welcome because I really spruce up the joint. I really bring the the class level, the personality, up a whole other notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of class level, there was one other time where Cole and I were playing, and they, when we got there, the front um, desk basically said that, "Hey, there's kids playing in 20 mm-hmm. minutes on hole one, two, and three, and they're like, you can either go to four, or you can try to play one, two, and three, and." We thought we had we I think we were playing a scramble or something yeah. like that. So we thought we had plenty of time, and we finished hole two and we were about to tee off on hole three. And we see these carts coming down the fairway on hole three with kids. So of course we weren't we weren't going to hit because we would have to either wait for the kids or yeah lawsuit yeah. <laughs> and so then, I don't want to hit a kid. Then um, we went on to hole four and we we probably hit the best drives of the day like. Mm-hmm. They were dead in the middle of the fairway on a long Beautiful. par five, and like we hit them very well. And next thing you know, the person at the front um, desk come out and basically said the people right behind us complained. So we basically had either pick, pick up or wait for a foursome, which we are not waiting for a foursome because they're very slow. So then we end up going to five, and turns out when we were on hole nine in the fairway, they were end up finishing hole number six. Mm-hmm. To wow. make it long and the short, there was a, a gentleman and his wife and son who were unhappy with the fact that we jumped them. Now, to be fair, that probably is against golf etiquette, but at the same time, like, hey. Against God's plan? What are you doing? 
We're just playing a Scottish game where we chase a ball around the grass. Let's just let it be. You know? I think golf can be really fun. I Usually for me, it's just like I hit it and I go, oh, well, I wish that would have went differently. And that's pretty much how it goes every time. But you're right. Sometimes you hit a shot where it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. But the other 99, not as much for me. Yeah, it's it also can be a lot of walking if you don't have a golf cart. And well, I played golf um, my freshman year of high school because um, my parents made me because <laughs> they thought that I needed to be like socialized and like have discipline in my life, and I like would cry about it. Mm-hmm. But um, they made me like <laughs> Zach's face is like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, they made me do that, and I was so bad at it; it was mm-hmm. unbelievable. So I haven't played like a game of golf since then. Mm-hmm. There's there's been a few times where you've like driven it like straight in the middle like really far and you're like wow I you're like wow mm-hmm. I did that and mm-hmm. like you like you fix like your driver for about five holes and, and then, then about right then back. about the sixth hole it just goes way right again. Yep. <laughs> I am Mister. I usually actually hook more than I slice. I usually have the pretty like I have to aim way right because it's gonna hook hard. So if I aim on like a 45 to the right, it's probably going to end up somewhere on the fairway. You got to find a swing. Yeah. I've, uh, ever since I got back from the wall, <laughs> life hasn't really been quite the same. How many golf movies are there besides that one? There's that one with Shia LaBeouf. There's the one with Kevin Costner. There's Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. I don't know either of, of those two you said. Shia LaBeouf, I think, is called The Greatest Game Ever Played or something like that. And then the Kevin Costner one is... There's the Caddyshack. Caddyshack, yes. That's not the Kevin Costner one, but Caddyshack, yes, you're right. Okay. I can't think of the Kevin Costner one. That's going to bug me. I just want more golf movies in the world. Yeah, no, I can get behind that. But they have to be like comedies, you know what I mean? It has to be something kind of funny. Matt I Damon wasn't prefer... funny. Yeah, which and yeah, that's fair. That was a, a quality golf movie, but I think was I would it... prefer more Caddyshack-esque things if you were wondering my review of that movie it's not my favorite caddyshack no the legend of what is it bagger vance is it bagger yeah it's not my favorite i like it because as matt damon other than that it's only okay did you not like the fact that Charlize theron's a southern belle that in the fact that she's at least a foot taller than matt damon and they tried so hard to hide of it throughout their whole movie why is she like six seven i don't know but i i wonder if they thought about that when they casted it i don't know yeah Anyway, it is a great movie, though. I, I, I like it quite a bit. I, quite. The fact that you don't like it makes me feel a little bit bummed out, but I like that movie. That's okay. I just Also, I thought Will Smith was kind of a weird choice for that movie. It was a little out of left field. Well, he, that was in the time of his career where he was playing in more... Like, he was trying to not be the Fresh Prince and was trying to be in character roles. Yeah. Because like before that, he was in... I forget the name of the movie, but he's like a gay butler. Like He was in one of those... He was trying to be like Tom Hanks, and now he just How'd does it action work? movies. Exactly. exactly. It didn't really work. Just do action movies, you know what I'm saying? He should go on the red table and talk about it. Is that the one with Willow and Jada? Yeah, one? where they like like let people come, and then they just like lecture them about race. I should go on that show. You should. We probably, after this podcast, we both need to go on that show. Yes. Listen, y'all. Listen. But yeah. We had, you guys, do you have any more sports talk? I don't want to crap on your sports talk. I know that you wanted to discuss a little bit of MSU football. You got any hot takes? So, last year, uh, MSU was in a pretty bad situation for coach for coaching hire just because D'Antonio retired unexpectedly. Yeah. Uh, they hired Mel Tucker. I actually went to meet the Spartans yesterday, which 
was pretty fun. Not as fun as it usually is because you actually get to usually meet the Spartans, like get autographs, but because of COVID, you know, can't really do that. But no, we we looked pretty good. Surprise, we looked pretty good. Uh, we have a very close QB battle between uh, Anthony Russo and Peyton Thorne. We have a ton of transfers coming in, and they all looked really good. Like yep. we have transfer coming in from Alabama. Like all of our transfers coming in are from like the SEC schools, and a lot of the transfers going out are going to the max max schools. So if that mm. kind of tells you a little bit of the talent level from yep. this year to last year. Yeah, but can't wait for MSU football. I think this has been the most excited I've ever been for college football, especially because they're allowing fans. Mm. You do have to wear a mask inside, but like once you go out... As on, soon as you step out. As soon as you go out on the stadium, you do not have to wear a mask. But it was actually interesting, though. So there was thousands of fans there yesterday, but no one was... Shoulder to shoulder, like there was always room between people. Other, yeah. unless you were, um, people, unless you came with a group of people, and I think that's definitely something we're gonna see at least for the few couple weeks of MSU of yeah. college football. Is I don't think we're gonna really see packed stadiums. I think we'll see full stadiums, but with space between people because I don't think people are very comfortable with yeah. being next to someone, even though it's football. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, I honestly would suspect that if they're going to allow full capacity, that they're probably going to get full capacity. Now, there might be some season ticket holders that hold out a little bit, but I think that you're going to get at least 80-90% capacity for a lot of these games. And for a lot of the, listen, like Bama, LSU, Texas, like the, the huge football schools, I think you're going to see the max capacity of like those places. It's just, you know beyond that like if you're a season ticket holder and you're not going to go to the games because you're you know wary of covid or something like that you'll just sell your tickets to somebody who will go to sit in those seats you know what i mean so i think that you are you know the covid wary will just sell their tickets to those who are not and i think that you're probably still going to see lots of crowds but but i do what you're saying how as far as the quarterback race goes this between russo and thorne who do you think looked the sharpest yesterday yesterday in my opinion russo looked yeah. a little bit sharper then Thorne, uh, Thorne made some not great throws. Mm. Like I think his first throw on uh, the team was actually almost an interception. Russo had some very good deep balls that actually mm. got the crowd going a little bit. Nice. But Thorne also went out with the first team offense as well. So it's mm. definitely going to be interesting. Tucker did say that they will talk about it and they'll decide in a few days. So it would not surprise me if they went with Thorne. But I, I can see them running a two-quarterback system like MSU did against Ohio State yeah. many years ago with Tyler, Tyler O'Connor, O'Connor and yeah. Damian. Um, I forgot who the other Damian one. Terry. Damian Terry. Yeah. yeah. Still can't believe we won that game. Okay, like there's yeah. there's no reasons why we should have won. That now between game. the two, who has the most mobility, or are neither of them really mobile? Thorne has more mobility. Russo has a stronger arm. Okay. Very, they're two different and now, quarterbacks. With what Tucker is attempting to do, is he trying to spread the ball a little bit more? Or are they trying to do more of a run first offense? It was kind of hard to tell, but um, this is actually one of the most like stacked running back rooms probably MSU has had in a while. Sure. Like, we got two transfers one from Wake Forest, 
uh, Kenneth Walker. He he looked impressive yesterday. Like he's yeah. better than advertised, and he was advertised to be is very he a big good. Back? He is a big back. He definitely yeah. he has speed though. Like he has everything you need to be to be a good running back. Mm-hmm. Then Harold Joyner is from Auburn, mm-hmm. and if you go to Auburn and you're running back, you gotta be pretty good on its own. And then Elijah Collins mm-hmm. is coming back, and then Simmons last year performed very well. So this is like right. it's kind of going to be hard to play everyone because you have three or four running backs i could probably play in most big 10 schools now was were they primarily operating out of like i guess essentially like a shotgun types or there's a lot of like pro style under center it was mostly shotgun shotgun. from everything that i saw i didn't see very many under center snaps could have been just because that's what they wanted us to see yesterday mm-hmm. might not be the case but i think at least from what i've seen like in the past like when mel tucker has been at colorado it's been more um in the shotgun which is yeah. definitely where the game is going no yeah and i agree and i am happy if that is the direction that they start going as opposed to you know everything is just a, a pro i run first i mean not i'm not at all against running the football but i think that in the past a lot of Michigan State teams, and for that matter, Big Ten teams, have been so reliant on we're like going to run the ball at all costs that it really hinders their offensive ability. So I think that, um, especially, I think people neglect to see that you can run the ball effectively out of the spread as well. It doesn't just have to be we have a fullback and an H-back and we're going to line up and just run at your teeth all day. I think that, um, you know, like one of the most effective rushing attacks that probably in recent memory was when Ohio State with Zeke Elliott and JT Barrett and those guys won it all. And they ran obviously out of the spread. And they were getting like 200 plus yards rushing a game just gashing people like left and right. So it doesn't have to be done out of what I think a lot of people would perceive to be the the traditional um, offense. Ground and pound. Yeah, it doesn't have to be done that way. And obviously when you have, uh, when you're used to running out of the shotgun, when you're used to having three, four, five wide receiver sets consistently on the field, that it allots you the opportunity to just do a lot more. I think that especially you know quick screens, um, just all the route combinations, all the route trees is available. Um, like there's just there's an infinite number of things that you can do out of the shotgun that it's more difficult to do out of just everything's under center. So I'm happy that if it is moving in that direction, I'm happy it's going there. How did the defense look yesterday? <clears throat> defense struggled a yeah. little bit. I definitely think it's, in my opinion, I think defense is probably a little harder yeah. to change. In the whole overall scheme, just because of it's a very different defense as well. So it definitely struggled a little bit more. I think once we get more pressure, I think that would be key. But yeah, the corners looked, the secondary actually looked pretty good. And now he's not doing 4-3. Is he doing 3-3-5 or 3-4? Like what was his I think he's doing 3-3-5 mostly. But he I personally would like a 4-3 with yeah. four down and three linebackers. That's something that I personally like like better than having five in the secondary. But yeah. if you have very good secondary players, which it kind of seems like we do, then yeah. you can run like a 3-3-5. I've always been a bit of an advocate for the 4-2-5, which I feel like is not something that's usually talked about a ton, which may be because it isn't done as effectively, but... I just think that especially if you have two very solid, competent linebackers, I think that two can do the work of three, and you can allocate one of those linebackers to help assist on the defensive line in a pass rush. And then you can still have your five defensive backs. 
know, we can run like two safeties with like a maybe like a nickel corner and two corners or something like that. Um, and I think that that can potentially give you the best of both worlds with that. Um, but obviously, I think the, the three three five, um, you know, it's definitely more effective against spread teams. It's more effective against you know the West Coast stuff. Um, I, I I think you see a lot more. SEC teams as well running three four sets or three three five sets as opposed to just traditional four three. Um, obviously, you know five man defensive fronts are pretty much by the wayside, unless you're going to walk down like a star back or a safety or something like that to be like your fifth person quote unquote. Um, but no, I, I in general with those schemes, I'm happy to see that he's starting to shift and, and to give some different looks because I think that that's I think it's good. I think it's it's well needed that we're not just going to be. Uh, because especially even with the D'Antonio era, often enough when you'd go to these bowl games and you'd play, um, like the like prime the example for me is Baylor. Like when we played Baylor in the Cotton Bowl, um, you know, we got torched. And it was because, you know, it was a lot of play action looks out of the shotgun. Um, we were getting beat over the top consistently. And it was because we were, were super reliant on we'll just run man coverage and we'll just bump it around with anybody out there. And that's great when you have you know, the, the athletes that the Bamas and the LSUs have, where it's just like first round draft pick after first round draft pick, you can do that stuff. But when you're not, you need to find different schemes to disguise coverage and to give these quarterbacks different looks. So it's not just clearly, you know, we're just going to run slants and fades all day against, you know, these corners. Um, so hopefully, and again, I, I have no idea, maybe he's not doing this, but hopefully he's transitioning the defense towards, I guess, more of that. Yeah, and I really like what Mel Tucker is doing, especially um, with social media. Like nowadays, social media graphics, that's where players go. And Mel Tucker honestly probably has some of the best nicknames yeah. for players. Like one of the nicknames for Angelio Gross is Sugar Weasel. Sugar Weasel? Sugar Weasel. Like what a great nickname. That is a great nickname. Yeah, that's but... Better than, is that supposed to be like a play on Honey Badger? I don't know, but yeah, it's definitely a good nickname. Uh, it was actually announced a uh, little bit, not MSU, but Big Ten. It was actually announced earlier today that there's an agreement between the Big Ten, mm-hmm. ACC, Pac-12, and an alliance, which is actually going very interesting, especially with yeah. NIL, name, in, image, and likeness. I think yep. it kind of goes along with that. But basically, those three um, conferences are going to work together on scheduling, which I think is going to make it a lot more fun. Like I think we're going to see like some big matchups like i if i have to guess we're going to see ohio state clemson yeah nor this might get Notre dame to join the acc that's a whole nother situation i don't yeah. know if that's going to happen but yeah so it's going to be like ncaa guidelines and scheduling so i definitely think yeah. this is kind of like a response to the sec and texas and yeah I, and i think it has to be because obviously i think that it's silly to think that the big 12 is going to remain as you know, we currently understand it with Texas and Oklahoma being gone, given that those are clearly the two biggest revenue provider producers for the conference. Because um, what is it? Is it 2025 when Texas and Oklahoma are going to be yeah, in the SEC? Yeah, 2025. Okay. So I think that once they officially leave, you're going to likely see the conference dissolve into probably a combination of the Big Ten, the Pac-12, maybe a little bit of the ACC, and maybe a little bit of like Mountain West type stuff. Like maybe maybe Kansas or somebody goes to the Mountain West. Um, but yeah, I think it's a hundred percent response to that because obviously, you know, the SEC has the most influence with good reason. I mean, they, they have all the best teams, all the best players that bring in the most revenue. Like the SEC is college football basically. 
Um, so I think that in order to, to stay relevant and to have say at the negotiating table um, with the NCAA, I think that the ACC, Big Ten, and the Pac-12 all needed to come together to do what they just did. Um, and the one thing that I really hope comes from it beyond the you know better matchups, better um, non-conference schedules for these teams, like getting those Ohio State versus Clemson matchups, things like that, is I really hope that they work to expand the CFP to I think that eight is a good number. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I don't think that beyond eight. And I think reason being is that it's going to allot those teams, um, you know, the the non excuse me, the non power five teams. It's going to let them get in, um, in like those six, seven, eight spots where normally they'd be left out of those. And it, I think it's also going to encourage the power five teams to not um, dwell on being undefeated all the time to allow them to branch out and play more difficult teams and not just have five or six cupcakes and then get a couple difficult conference games. So I think that you're hopefully going to see a better product and it's going to, you know, give like the UCFs, the Boise State-esque teams, the opportunity to play against, you know, Bama or Oklahoma or Georgia or Ohio State or whatever. And in my opinion, likely get smoked, but like (laughs) it's at least going to allow those fan bases and allow those programs to you know, to give it a shot and also to shut up for once in forever about the whole, like, well, we should probably be playing for the title right now. Like, all right, well, why don't you line up against LSU? Like, yeah, why don't exactly. you, you know what, UCF, go for it. Like, have fun. Yeah. So. And, and I think this is all because of, like, we talked about NIL, name, mm-hmm. in, name image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. I think it had to happen. Like, yeah. in my opinion, I think college players sh- should have been paid a long time ago mm-hmm. just because of how much the NCAA makes and I have a very opinionated on the NCAA on very well, many very very many different situations but um I won't go there but I think NIL has been great I think it's going to make either it's going to make the talent level a lot further apart or it's going to bring it a lot closer together just depending on that but like the nil has been great because there's like these there's this bar brand that um like gave free um scholarships to every single walk-on at byu like that's unheard of like that literally changed those players lives because of nil yeah and i think that i i think you're gonna see a couple of things i think that you do run a little bit of the risk of the larger markets, you know, um, right? Not even necessarily larger markets, but the larger programs, you know, Miami or SC or Texas or all these places that have a lot of wealth and influence for boosters essentially being able to do kind of what you just said with the BYU bar thing. It's like, all right, um, you know, we're willing to obviously pay for all the walk-ons to come on. So even if you can't get on scholarship, but, you know, whatever else like you can still play um but it's also going to give people or athletes that go and play in those arenas it's going to give them the opportunity to get a lot more commercials and promos and put their face on things and to sell their name image and likeness to these companies to make a lot of money while they're playing sports which i think again that they should definitely be able to do but i think it could potentially disincentivize somebody from going to a place like you know tucson or like to boulder colorado or whatever when you could go to LA, Miami, New York, wherever, and you could have access to these huge markets that are more than happy to pay you money to be on their stuff. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I think that that's just 
capitalism and free markets and that's how that should work and if you do want to sell your name image and likeness to make a bunch of money to play football or basketball or whatever that you should do that the more power to you yeah i 100 percent agree i think it was time that mm-hmm. happened and for those individuals making like there's been individuals that has made six figures six seven figures off yeah. of their name good for them because 100%. you honestly like the we've seen high high ranked players that have went one two one heismans that didn't make it in the nfl yeah example tim tebow like <laughs> i i tim tebow has been probably one of the best quarterbacks in college football in recent past and yeah, yeah he was in the nfl for a while but he was never that big quarterback yeah, that never ex- earned like a huge contract expected and yeah. um, now he's making a lot of money now just because he's Tim Tebow. Yeah. But imagine not having that name recognition. You're not well, think you're about, not making that. I mean, yeah, and, and further, I mean, beyond that, it's there are plenty of people who are very good college athletes or very successful college athletes that um, you know, have the hometown hero status that everybody knows and likes and things like that. So you know, if you are somebody who, you know, you can you can sell your face or your name or whatever on a product um, to be in a commercial for a local bar for X amount of money to sell merch to do whatever, then you know you might not be making seven figures a year, but if you can make 50, 60k a year as a college student, especially since a lot of people obviously who play professional or not, excuse me, not professional but collegiate sports, football, basketball, especially come from like poor socioeconomic background. If you could take somebody who's you know you can say all right in your four years that you spend at the school you can make 60, 70, 80k a year just doing commercials and plugging things and stuff on your Instagram or whatever that you can send back to your family to help, you know, get them to a better life or whatever. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you do that? And yeah. it's silly, you know, the NCAA never ending, you know, ridiculous hypocrisy of, well, the reason why we can't have them be paid is essentially like we need to take advantage of them and make sure that we suck up all the revenue and don't pay them. Because if we didn't do that, then someone would pay them to do what they're like all the garbage of the quote like ruining amateurism and stuff i think that that's insane and i think that pretty much everybody understands that's insane but um but no i i i agree with everything that you said i think that it's going to be good for college football especially having all these conferences get together and i think that hopefully it's going to turn out a great product for the viewers and i think it's going to make life a lot better for the athletes too yeah i 100 percent agree it's change it's life-changing for some of these individuals Mm -hmm. and for how much money the NCAA makes I think it's about time that these individuals are making more than just free free tuition Mm -hmm. yep completely agree and I I personally believe that eventually one day the NCAA is probably or I think it should be disbanded I think that a lot of these schools you know in the same way that you can offer academic scholarships or whatever kind of scholarship that you want I think, listen, if you want to give somebody a scholarship and say, hey, we're going to pay for your school, but also we'll give you whatever it is, 100K a year to be a student here or something like that, go for it. Yeah, like, it's, hey, you want it's to their right. It's a, like, we need to stop treating these universities like they're schools. We need to stop looking at them like it's, you know, your, your local high school or middle school or something like that, and everybody's just there to, you know, further themselves academically and to become great citizens and individuals. They're giant taxpayer-funded businesses is what they are. That's all that they are. And so if they want to, you know, offer somebody some great incentive to come be a part of their business and make them more money, why not? Why why cap it at we'll just give you free college? Why don't you just, you know, we'll do free college, housing, food, we'll pay you, like all that stuff. Do it all. Who cares? Why does the NCAA need to exist? Yeah, and 
think about it. If you have those big-time individuals coming, those individuals are literally going to make you so much more money mm-hmm. than just whatever you pay them. Yes, I completely agree. And I think that even further, I think the only real purpose in my eyes that the NCAA serves, obviously other than a governing body, is that they have the authority to crown champions, right? So I think that if you were to gut the NCAA and you were to just make a a very standard governing body, which I don't even think you need that. I think that if schools want to suspend or restrict that they should just be able to do that. But and they should be solely responsible for it. But beyond that, I think if you just had an organization that dictated, you know, rankings, bowl games, March Madness type stuff, where it was, you know, if you win this, you are the champions of Division One or the champions of Division Two or whatever else. I think that that's really about all you need. Yeah, exactly. I hundred percent agree. I definitely think the NCAA will not be here forever. I definitely I think. I really on. hope it doesn't. But yeah, speaking of, as I mentioned before, you're a college athlete, so recently graduated, obviously, but uh, tell me about being a swimming and diving guy. Yeah, so it was it was a ton of fun. It's definitely something I did not expect to do. Uh, going into my senior year, I decided to become a diver. Never done, never done it before in my life, Ain't never but done. it's definitely a very... It was a very cool experience. It's actually, um, the team was actually a lot closer than any other team I've been a part of. Like, I've been a part of some, like, close football teams. But, like, just the atmosphere around that is, around diving and swimming dive is just closer. But, um, definitely had its trials. It definitely, like... Trials and tribulations. Yeah, definitely had its highs, definitely have its lows. Like, highs is, like, when you, like hit like a dive or like finally like get a like good dive that you've been working on forever like finally doing it in competition is some of like the best feeling in the world but like the lows like you smack like you smack the water like you'll go over you'll go under like i literally got bruises because of because of the sports and there's two divers that got a concussion throughout the season that were out of the year so it's definitely Mm. a very hard sport it definitely can cause injuries like i had little injuries like it was just like cuts and like i hurt my foot and stuff like that so nothing big but it's definitely something i never expected to do but definitely something i loved and loved representing my college that's cool yeah i'm saying like i don't know about you but like diving would seem so scary (laughs) i've never dove in my life because i'm too scared to yeah not only have i never done like high dive stuff i don't think i can actually dive like if you just want the end of a dock like i'm gonna dive in the water i've anytime i've ever tried to do as a kid i would just belly smack and i think that now i'm just traumatized and won't try it anymore i'm scared of slipping Mm, that too Mm -hmm. oh trust me I, i i've slipped sometimes and i've landed right on my back from three meter which it's how like far nine, nine, is. nine or ten feet somewhere in there yeah but like that's nine or ten feet but you have to add on top of the jump because you mm. do have a springboard so it's probably more like 12 feet yeah but like there's been times like in practice where like i kind of just wanted to like step away or just like not do that dive again <laughs> and i'll just go die <laughs> yes like there there was this one dive that um it's called 301. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's kind of like a reverse. So you like walk forward, but you like la- land um, 
in the water from your hands. So like you go like it's <gasps> like a little reverse thing. Yeah. So you kind of do like a half of a backflip. Yeah. And um, there was one practice where I kept like landing on my back because I wasn't rotating. Like I got lost in the air, mm-hmm. and like about like the third time, I'm basically like. Like, I didn't trust myself anymore. And one of the most scary things about diving is if you stop trusting yourself to do that dive and you're lost in the air, things can go real bad real quick. I would immediately be lost in the air. (laughs) I would just jump and be like, oh. I would think that you could, like, almost get some sense of, like, vertigo. Like, you don't know which way is, like, up or down. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, sometimes that was the case. Like, sometimes I thought I was going to be vertical. But, like, I come out and I'm flat. I'm not vertical. (laughs) Like, and it got so, like, some of those got so bad that my coach and the head coach, my diving coach and the head coach turned around. Like, literally turned around to face face the wall when I'm in the middle of the air. Luckily, we had kickers. So, like, the other divers would kick to make a splash, which made it a lot easier. But, like, I've seen some people get hurt, like bad now this isn't anything like 10 meter in the olympics i would never Uh, do that that would be scary like could you imagine diving from like 35 feet or something like that easy just kill me (laughs) just kill me they go into the water they're going 35 miles per hour into the water that's a big no for me and all that you have protecting your your head is your hands how do your pants not fall off got that tight tight speedo okay tight tight speedo fair enough the the biggest thing I've ever jumped off of was a few summers ago I was in an arbor visiting a friend of mine and I don't know how we found it. Actually I think it was like a local spot, like people knew about it. But there was these train tracks that was a bridge. So it was a train tracks bridge and there was like a river underneath. And the river was like eight or nine feet deep. So it was three not, three feet. Not <laughs> overly deep, but you know, people made it. People made a habit of jumping off it into the water, and it was probably it's probably twenty twenty five foot drop. Like you jump and you feel it in your stomach as you're falling. Like it's believe that kind it. Of thing. And uh, yeah, that's scary. I can't imagine trying to do twists and turns. You did and dives it. With that. Yeah, I jumped off a couple times. Oh. It's it was scary. I did not enjoy it. But it was it one of those things that you did it to make other people happy. I would a thousand percent not have just gone and done it on my own. Yep. Not even close. And that's peer pressure. Uh, that's peer pressure, folks. And one of the most interesting things about diving is at the end of the year, everyone found out that I was scared of heights. Mm-hmm. They're like, we had no idea. Like, they're like, you would always, like, smile, like, up there and seem like you're having fun. And I'm, like, the first, I remember the first time ever having practice was the first day my diving coach come back, came back. And I look on the board, she had 3M with an explanation point, and I'm like... This was halfway through the season. Never have do- I'm barely through eleven on one meter, mm-hmm. and I, we had like our big conference meet coming up mm-hmm. in like a month or two, and it took like months for me to get on one meter, and I actually learned two new dives the day before our conference meet before we. So wow. do you start? Meter. Do you start training not even on a board? Like do you just practice like diving into the pool basically? You can. So one thing I kind of started was I went on the end of the board mm-hmm. because you have like a like you have five different categories. You have one front, back, reverse, inward, and twister. Okay. So for front and reverse, you have a hur- and twist. Some twisters have a hurdle, so you just like walk forward. 
and then there's the two that are like your back is facing the wall but like facing the pool but um yeah so you'll just go out the e end of the board and you're kind of like do like a little like jump in to yeah. your feet and then you go to like a tuck next and then you just go from there but it performing two brand new dives on three meter like the day before our actual meet was definitely scary because i had no i had no twisters at three meter and you have to twist in the middle of the, of the air and then go into the water all good on that. That's crazy. Well, and then, so, how do the boards work? So you said you said there's a one meter, a three meter, and a ten meter. Yeah, and there there's a f five or seven meter one. Okay, okay. And so, do they start you? Obviously, I'm assuming on the one meter board. Yeah. So one meter, one meter, and three meter are springboards. Okay. Seven and ten are just boards. Like they're um, I forgot what they're called. They're like. They're like ledges, so like yeah, they're, just, they they don't you move just fall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like I was watching a video and someone was on ten meter and he went so close to like the tower. It's called a tower, yeah. and like his head. I'm not joking. It was like, like you could see it was about to hit the um, hit the tower. Like his head, and I've seen some videos of like people mm -hmm. like smacking on like ten meter. It's scary. Like the guy was okay. Like everyone said he was okay, but like I'm, like smacking on three meter, very it hurts. But imagine smack smacking on ten meter. I think I, there was a video I saw like years ago, like many many years ago. I saw it might have been a news clip or something, or a documentary. Whatever it was, but there was a guy who I can't remember if it was on a springboard or if it was like a platform, but he did like just smoked his head like like. Bam! Smoked his head on the diving board, and uh, you know, obviously he's like unconscious. And, and and like as soon as the dude hit, there was a coach or somebody that was there that immediately dives in the water to go get him because like obviously, yeah, you're not coming back up. Somebody's gonna go get you, which is you know, and it's a very very scary thing. So that's anytime I have ever been on a dive board in my life, I'm just like get out as far as I can. Just yeah, get it out there. for real. And for diving, honestly, like people like i didn't really get necessarily too close because i didn't want i didn't want to but like when people are fl flipping fast yeah like they're close like there's been a few times where like i like i was probably a couple inches away from hitting the diving board <gasps> there there's been a few people that have hit the diving board i can't imagine what one of the funniest things though was like the first time i've ever been on three meter i was so i was like jumping on the edge of the board just kind of getting used to it but, um, like, first time ever, I end up, like, kind of, like, going barely off. Yeah. And I don't know why I try to catch myself. So then I try to put my foot back and oh. right into the water. That was my first ever ex oh, flat right into the water. panic a little bit like that? Yeah. It yeah. was kind of like I, was, I didn't think I was far enough or, like, I didn't expect to go off, to go off the board yeah. that, at that time. And, yeah, that was my first... Um, Belly smack from three meter. Oh. I have the video of it if you guys want to see. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, see of course. Of course, I'll see it. Pull it up for me. I want to take a look at this. We actually have a whole smack video that I can show you guys at the end. Like we oh, have yeah. a we have a nine minute smack video of like all of it's the a whole lot of smacks. Yeah. I, that's, I feel like that would have hurt my soul to watch nine minutes of people belly smacking. That might for kill real. me inside. Yeah, but I, I do want to watch you get hurt though. Not in a mean <laughs> way. It it has like a. Uh, it has like all my smacks throughout the season, which I'm is a, is a lot of smacks. So it's it's like a minute and a half to two minutes of just me. 
<laughs> Not to brag or anything, Sorry. but I'm pretty a big deal. But like, I'm the video. It's I'm the best. smacker. Yeah, yeah, but I'll definitely show you guys the video after oh, yeah, after we're done with I'm this. I'm okay with that. Yeah. We're still. Well, yeah. What are we? What are we at right now? Time wise. We're at one twenty. One twenty. This might be our longest episode. Longest pod. It's because Zach's so entertaining. It is. Yeah. No, we did a lot of great stories. I've really enjoyed this one. Well, do you have any other subjects you'd like to cover before we wrap this thing? I do not have any other subject. Just excited for football. Excited to be on the podcast. Is there any other? Any other questions? We'll we'll have to have you back uh, in the midst of. I, I don't know what sports are, but football seasons or <laughs> all of it. We can talk about fantasy football. We can talk about. We can do an update on MSU football. Yes, we're either going to be very. We're either going to surprise <laughs> a lot of people, or we're not going to be very good. So <laughs> yeah. we, stay tuned. <laughs> it's either going to be great or horrible. Nobody really knows. But but anyway, yeah. I guess we'll yeah we'll wrap it up, and obviously yeah we'll be happy to have Zach back uh, sometime in the football season to cover a lot of the the topics of that moment. But anyway, anybody, thank you for uh, tuning in. We appreciate you. Yes. Your continued support. If you haven't yet, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at side of underscore slaw. If you want to leave a kind review, go for it on our uh, Apple podcast or Spotify. If you want to leave a a five star, that's cool. Or a three. Or or a three. Be honest. Or a two. whatever, Whatever you feel like. Or don't. You live your life in the way that you think you should. Yes. Anyway. As usual, thank you so much and take care.